so the mystical state, I call it the mystical state. Some people call it emptiness or flow or eros. I call it eros, the erotic mind. You're connected to everything, timeless. No conceptual thought. No self-consciousness. That's the entry point. A lot, of, a lot of traditions only talk about it like that's the be all and end all. Yeah, I would say that's the beginning. Are you saying that that's something that you can maintain? So great. This is, okay. Now I get it. Um, and because this ties in directly to to feminine enlightenment, you know, it's just kind of a neutral term for an experience that we all have through various doorways, and then um, you know, and and also that it's being democratized at this point. There is n virtually no way other than group flow to enter the mystical state in connection with another human. So what we do is we reinforce the idea of isolation in order to hit the highest state of human consciousness. Reinforce the state of isolation. How? You have to do your own practice. You uh, have to, I see what you're saying. Right? So you're positively reinforcing connection in the mystical state, which begins to, you know, I think the malady of our time is separation, right? Yeah. Um, Catholics say that is hell. Hell yeah. is separation. And so you begin to positively reinforce <clears throat> human connection with the highest biological state possible. I think that's important. So both in psychedelics and in... Um, Dream yoga, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There's these three stages. So the first is um, you just dream and it's just karmic material. Mm -hmm. And in psychedelics, you trip and it's just, you know, fractals and visuals. And really what that is, is just the lightning going through these experiences and activating them, right? Then there's kind of this next level. And in the next level, it's almost like, you're being taught, mm -hmm. you know, like in dream yoga, something comes, I call it night school, mm -hmm. something comes in and, and communicates to, to you something. And then there's like the idea of, um, uh, you know, like plant medicines where a force is coming in and teaching you about yourself. The plant okay. merges with your exactly. physiology. But all of that is still when the, uh, collection of material that poses as you is uh, still inside of you. The electricity interacts with those and does what it does. It does it at this level, this level. Um, and um, you can see that the idea of agency and volition um, increases you go up. Then there's this third level. And the third level is, so like it would be, you go from break out to a breakthrough and in that place um you exist there and um you know i i'll use a psychedelics example i have dream yoga examples too but um I had this one trip where I was profoundly in love with this woman. Oh, I was in love to so much. Oh, <laughs> and she wouldn't give me as much of her as I wanted. 
but she I, she wouldn't even give me she gave me very little in fact we're gonna uh if you've ever seen life of pi oh yeah or read the book it's it's on broadway i want to go see it um that was our relationship and she was the she was the tiger anyway um so but we tripped a lot and um i um we were sitting next to each other so i would turn to kiss her lips would be this close and then all of a sudden i would break out into a totally different world and suddenly i was in 1920 hmm. and this is the level that most people in psychedelics don't get to most people in dream yoga don't get to where you live there inhabit there so i was in 1920 it was a 1920s circus i landed i was crying about having lost something behind me because i landed there without her oh wow and this, so there was just this grief and then, and, but then all of a sudden the circus that I landed in was pretty cool. So we had to thing. and then all of a sudden I fell in love with this place. And as soon as I fell in love, all of a sudden she was there with me, leaning in to kiss me. Wow. And so we, our mouths came together. Yeah. So close. And then suddenly I broke out. And I broke into 1970 and everything was like that kind of olive colored and the gold. And I was in it. Well, I was so sad. I had lost something. I had lost something I loved. I didn't even know what quite what it was. I just lost it. But then you're like, we've only just <laughs> met. You know? And yeah. so then I'm like in this scene in the 1970s. And this is, you know, amazing. This is so cool. You know, and I'm in that lighting and that all of the emotions and it's so great. And I start falling in love with this scene. And then what happens? Then she comes in. Wow. Then I land in like, I don't know why I say 1590. I don't know what it was, but I was a nun. I know that. And and I had been impregnated and it was a big thing. I would, So anyway, you get the idea and you begin to be able to live concurrently in these different dimensions. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why, because I'm very familiar with psychedelics and fairly familiar with dream yoga. You know, I can, I can get around in my dream yoga, have my own little cave and everything. I don't know why I'm fairly familiar with Buddhism. I don't know why you don't hear about that level. Mm -hmm. Um, is it like some inner theory? What it is, but it's um, from that's why you do this is so that you can coexist in multiple dimensions, which sounds trippy, but true. no, yeah, I mean, you know, Robert Moss, the dream teacher. No, okay, well, he talks about it constantly oh. living in the multiverse. Yeah, okay, so I'd love to, I would genuinely, yeah. genuinely, because um, that's what I'm working on the dream yoga now. Um, so mostly what you hear are stories of people just entering the mystical state. This is what I talk about when I talk about our climax consciousness, people climax and they think that's it. And then they let themselves come down. Mm -hmm. And, um, then they remember that as I could never function like that. Well, you didn't stay in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're on a, if you're on some kind of, uh, you know, substance, that doesn't allow you to stay in it, but 
Actually, that's not totally true. That's some, not true at all. Yeah. You you just do a lot of that substance regularly as a practice. and You get I, familiar. You yeah, familiarize well, with yourself. I think we have lost the art of ritual and practice 100%. in such a way that you actually hit the starting point and build, you know, I, you know, so that's why I'm so obsessive about um, process-oriented reality as opposed to climax, like, um, because you, you, most people that I know of don't make it to the reason that you do it, because there you play is in your, you can't, you can't do that and not enjoy the play it, because you were never freaking out like what am i doing here like there was not like a i'm so identified with nicole in 2023 or whatever time period it was that i can't also be here that was like not a thing i mean it kind of sounds like how when people talk about near-death experiences yeah and when they're in that other realm they're like they're just not like concerned with that yeah like, here i am you know yeah. and and this is what's happening well, I think, um, and this has to do with my original premise, I have a very strong relationship with pain. Yeah. And so I trust it. And when when you trust pain, it becomes a profound ally against a certain terror. Because what you're, what people are afraid of is feeling pain. So if you're already in relationship with it, you have a much different experience with disorientation. I'm going to go over here really quickly and then I'll be right back. So, and I also don't believe in um, demons or devils or, you know, I had this after I did a certain psychedelic experience. Like, yeah, after you do, so you, for the week after it, you're just, something, some force enters your night and takes over in ways that I had never experienced even on psychedelics. I mean, it is so intense and, um, kind of a force. It, how it feels is like a dense tsunami of sentience that has come for your reckoning. <laughs> and, um, but, with exquisite, it, it, it's so elegant in that um, it will sh rattle your cage until you offer something and then it totally recontextualizes it for you, takes it away from you and fills that space with love. So sort of like that sounds like the dweller in the threshold, that type of energy that, that um, can be terrifying because it's so potent, but it's supposedly the manifestation of all that has not been realized consciously yet. You got it. Yeah. And that, so I, the first time I'm using, I, you know, but it's, it, it is because now it comes in, but it comes in, uh, you know, is it a, a friend at that time? I was like, who are you? Yeah. So I, um, but the second night, so the first night I was kind of, beautiful and cool and weird and wow whoa that was so intense let's process that and then the second night it came in and it was like 
I was going to vomit. Like I just had, I had to rush from my bed. It was like I had just taken a substance, but I hadn't. Right. I had to rush to my bed into the bathroom and like hold on. I literally like had to hold on to the toilet for the coolness. I was like holding on and I was like, you know, what happened? And and this thought came in because um, I was I was working with South American energies and and so I thought maybe there's a darkness that is beyond my capacity and maybe there are demons and you I mean I just don't it's nothing I've ever consciously believed in and and it was my reckoning my energetic reckoning and I was being I mean like shaken is and then all of a sudden. I had this thought. I don't believe in demons. And then suddenly it was like, and like there was like this joy that I mean, like a untold joy from all of those forces that I didn't that I recognized them in a sense as as like uh, my my favorite Zen expression is tricksters and bandits of the Dharma. Uh huh that I recognized them as tricksters and bandits in that moment. And they were, it was like, are we having fun? Yeah. It's almost like the Milarepa story with the demons in the cave, that story about how they all came and they're trying to get him, you know, they, and he's trying to get rid of, he, he just went through all of these things to try to get rid of them. And actually at the, the last, the last thing that happens is that he, um, like all of the, most of the demons leave after a while, but first he tries to teach them the Dharma and then, and they just lay around like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere, you know? And, but eventually most of them left and I can't exactly remember why I think cause he just like let them be there. But then there was just this one enormous demon at the end and it wasn't going anywhere. And so what he did was offer, offer him, himself to the demon and then it, became something else yeah but i mean that's what it sounds like you're talking about like when you when you recognize something not as a demon then it's not when you see (laughs) it's like anything that you accurately see yeah will give up its secret right give up the game right that's it right yeah yeah and i think a lot of the times when they were talking about well at least my understanding of like demonic forces or entity attachments or whatever um they don't they can't it's not something i mean if there's no separation it's not something different yeah you know and if they're and if it's coming looking that way there's something that is creating that at the same time yeah. so it isn't like um this external thing is coming to get you and hold you <gasps> sorry that's so exact uh, because the other, the realization I had right before that moment was I just remembered this line from Joseph Campbell. Uh-huh. Like something, it was something like all of our demons and angels are our own. That yes. was the, and it flashed in my mind. And then I thought, oh, wait, I don't believe in demons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, yeah, the, that whole externalization is what, well, it's the separation that causes that to seem so terrifying. Separation is the malady of our time. And that is, that's the, um, the, when I talk about a female enlightenment, feminine enlightenment being about um, opening to what you would otherwise close to 
that is precisely what I mean. Yes. It's it's like disgust and terror. When you open to it, you know, when I was in my deep home training, so you should know, I'm very, I have, I can smell across the street. I can hear down the block. Like this is too sensitive probably for Mm. this world. And so I came down the stairs and the guy who I was hot for at the time, um, you know, he, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't a super bather. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's difficult for me. <laughs> I also have a very I'm acute Virgo. sense of smell. Virgo. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, no. <laughs> I prepared for that disgust, mm. that contraction, that closure, but I was too open. I couldn't do it because I had just come from training and it was this thing was. And what happened was that the the judgment that closes couldn't do it. And his aroma came. This is just can't believe it. His aroma came in, and it activated the full orgasm. It wow. occurred as the ultimate bliss. What happens for so many women is we're so impacted with fullness, and we don't realize it. And so, in a million ways, we reject reality. Yeah. Because we can't take any more in, and our process is reception. And so um, I'm hanging out with a guy or a lady. I'm hanging out with somebody. And um, it's been amazing. And because it's been amazing, you know, um, Jan Chosen Bays wrote a book called Mind Pleading. And in it, she talks about the fact that. You know, we used to, um, starvation was a very real possibility. That's right. And so um, we still have the habit of just gorging ourselves. Especially on carbs and heavy things that are going to keep you, um, you know, satiated for long periods. So you, so we have the same thing with Eros and Joy. Mm. And um, we assume it's a scarce commodity. Mm. So we actually make it through all of our tumescence, make it through all of the impacted energy to a point of connection where something opens and that's, and we, we grasp and the grasping is the beginning of the contraction that will reject that very thing. And then we destroy it, sabotage it in some way. And, you know, you, you can tell you the first signifier that you're full is a mild irritation. Mm. And the minute you feel that, hopefully you don't let even let yourself get there. When you get really nuanced, you don't, you'll be like, this is amazing. I'm leaving now. Mm-hmm. You, you peak mm-hmm. when the next stroke will be less sensational than the last. But you feel that mild irritation. And most people just let it build until there's, you know, and then you explode it in a fight. You explode it in... um biting comments you know Mm -hmm. and that what people don't realize is all that is is an attempt an unconscious attempt to release the energy of fullness right and so then um the other piece that people don't know and this is like this has saved my life is the way that you digest is you appreciate yeah and we as women um refuse to take in 
because we think we have to pay back and we don't realize that your appreciation is the full payment for the experience. <laughs> so we don't, we're so stingy with our acknowledgement of profound experience that it, that it, it then evades us. It do, uh, why would it want to come to my door if I'm not acknowledging it and appreciating it and nourishing it and so the 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 so we then what we try to do is come down by being critical of the situation you had a great um example when when we were talking i think it was on film about um you were so high mm -hmm. and then you had to say something's wrong yeah that's what we do as women. And what we don't realize is that the if you if you track it back, the things that make you paranoid, anxious, upset, irritated, right before that were the best experiences. And and they're undigested. And they're undigested because there's been a withholding, because we as women have been taught that our withholding is our power, which is just criminal that we would ever believe that we've withheld appreciation and so you know you'll you'll see me like regularly just appreciating the like i said yesterday the breadcrumbs yeah and because then breadcrumbs want to come to me yeah our yeah. relationship with them yeah so um when we, when we talk about fullness there's you know the the consumption cycle mm -hmm. is um you take in uh you don't acknowledge you get to full and then you judge your experience. Mm -hmm. And what your judge is the last experience, which is too full and uncomfortable. So you judge that experience as negative. And then what happens is you're, what positively could have broken you open now um, is viewed as negative. Whereas, um, you know, maybe the expansion cycle is you just, I'm in it to get the machinery on is hard you just keep acknowledging and appreciating and now the problem is that that expands the sensation mm -hmm. and it's uncomfortable mm -hmm. you feel kind of bloated for i remember like i'd be like just make the good end <laughs> <laughs> can't take it you can't how much bliss can you take well pleasure is far more destabilizing than problems right it's just one of those uh, stories of my life that that was like one of the main the main points of um, how things changed from uh, I'll endure any amount of pain rather than face my fear had to do with somebody wanting me to I, I was taken to swimming lesson before I was ready to I actually didn't even want to do swimming lesson but then um, it was okay in the the beginning of the class because I was in the shallow end of the pool. But at the end of the class, the teacher said we were in a high school pool. I was six. You have to walk up the 12 foot and then down, you know, down the plank is what it felt like. And then she's down there going, and now you jump and you'll go down and I'll catch you. And I stood at the edge of the thing and I just started to cry because I didn't think she was going to get me. And the next week on the day of my next swimming lesson, 
I, walking home from school, a kid hit me on his bike and he broke my leg. And I felt relieved and happy that I didn't have to go to the swim lesson. So it was like a, um, it was a way that I, I really wanted to avoid exactly what you're talking about. It's been like an, avo you know, that was, that, that was a kind of an avoidance. This is on a symbolic level, mind you. No, I, I think this is great for the book. Yeah. Well, and, Ooh. uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. And I felt like for the rest of my, you know, a long time, that that was, I can endure any amount of pain rather than face my fear. And I, to the point of like having dreams later on where I'm still got this giant cast on my leg um, because that was how I was still functioning. And this is what I'm going to say. That is woman. Yeah. And I would also suggest she calls in situations that... Um, Hobble her? That, that <laughs> offer justification for not, you know, she'll call in sickness. She'll call it, and then, oh, I couldn't or can't. And so, you know, that, I, that was probably the hardest portion of my training. I'm telling you, it because it looks like blame the victim. That's what it looks like. It looks like you're saying, that's your fault. You know, that's your karma. Oh, yeah. Like, you got sick. That's your fault. It's a deeper level of that. I mean, this is why I say I understand this on a symbolic level because I was given that information. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to to talk to people about things like that without it becoming um, it's your fault, you know, because just give an illustrative story like you did. Like when I say so for me, because there was a point in my training where yeah it's an ohm training so you know there are just certain places i would not go to in my own mm -hmm. i just would not mm -hmm. and i would get sick that day when we were going to do mm -hmm. that spot there a whole series of things and finally ray just said you know we're not going we're not getting anywhere nothing is happening mm -hmm. it's dead space and you're either going to have to commit to walking through those or this is the end of your own training did you feel threatened? No, I felt, um, what's the word? What's the word when someone tells you what you don't want to hear that you know is the truth? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and there's a certain, um, but you're faced with a kind of come to Jesus moment, but it's you and you. It wasn't me and him. He didn't, he did he, he was just, he was naming it. Yeah. He wasn't prescribing. He was describing. Yeah. And that he was very good at that. He, and he was describing what we both knew. And for whatever reason, he had the words for it that I wouldn't permit into my head. Cause I had, you know, I had to admit it had been like maybe two months or something of like good ohms. But a good ohm, it's not a good ohm. Only you asked the question about what is the condition to enter the mystical state. It is perpetual growth. Right. And so I wasn't growing. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I was relying on my trust fund that I had built mm-hmm. and comfortable. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he used to always say, if, um, if you're coasting, you're going downhill. Mm. And hmm. so it was like, that's right. And, and the reason was that we had just, we had hit the places that I had said I would never go. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was, I was either going to go there or I wasn't. And so I how did you break through? I, I think I did what I, I looked at the, what I'd be losing, you know, like at that point I was fortunate in that Ohm was precious enough to me, you know, as a vehicle for freedom, spaciousness that I, I, you know, I was almost willing to lose it, but I wasn't willing to lose it. And it just, it was like, there's a part in this book where she says, and I just said no. It was like, I just said no to those fears that had, I literally, there are parts of my mind where I was like crouched in a corner sure. from my own fear. Yeah. Afraid of the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I just one by one. And it, but slowly, like once I made the commitment, he would have, he would have struck me all day, every day for the rest of our lives. Like it was, that wasn't the, but I had to agree to go to those spots. And that's when that's actually, in some ways I say that's when my, my practice began. Mm-hmm. All of the, everything prior had began was to enter those points that there was no other way to get into. Yeah, you were getting used to it, and then by the time you got used to it, you're like, okay, now I can open a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, I mean, so much of my survival. So I was having to undo the some of the pieces that had literally saved my life at another point you know, protection and um so every time I came up on those, it was life or Survival. death. Survival. That's right. Yeah, life or death. I know, I know, I know that feeling. And then it's very hard because it really feels like that. I will die. <laughs> but you don't die. Uh, it and in your you're in home and the thing's trying to flow while you're dying. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it was, it was really, um, I mean, something dies, right? But I mean, it really feels like, it's interesting. It really feels like, 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 uh, yeah, whatever needs needs to be born and, and you know that, but you can't let go of the known. That's the thing. You can't. Can't let go of the known. You can't. And like, you know, how I have, I had two primary strategies one is diversify mm-hmm. so you never rely on anyone in particular mm-hmm. which is a very feminine thing and and the other is um don't give anyone everything and um you know here i am with this human being in so many dimensions right <laughs> it's like you know he he's he was quite a bit older than me so it's like teacher guide lover friend 
sometimes on psychedelics he looked like god um and then but also um you know i was really refining my views on women so he was student and mm-hmm. you know and so we were meeting in all of this and i and i just kept this like layer of it's okay if i'm not in love with him mm-hmm. all of the, i had that one objective layer and we would get near it and i would not I, I just, you know, I'd be like, oh, this guy. And I'm the two o'clock spot. I'm in love. That's my spot. And, oh, just opening it. And, like, it was, like, months of, like, being in love with him, which was beyond, you know, because it was everything. Mm-hmm. It was every, all of my eggs were in one basket, and now you could destroy me. For me, the salvation is to trust, to be able to tune into something that you can trust that is beyond conditions. Or you'll be nuts. If I had to trust a human being, right, it would be cruel, actually, because we're flawed. That's right. Deployable. You can't. <laughs> but I trust. Not in that way. Yeah. And then the I it there was this. I'll just tell this one last frame. But um, because we were we hit this peak that was like we rose, 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 and then it. It was funny because I once heard this woman say she was a skier and she j- heard just a, and she knew that her, but this was my version of it. Cause it just was like, and then everything just, it was like, if you've seen the images of a nuclear blast, yeah. the mushroom cloud, it was just like, and it was not climax. It was just, and this just, scattered everywhere we had no map we were just going just following both of us were equally committed to the energy to the to eros and you know that you have i think you have to find somebody who's equally committed to it and you have to trust their commitment to it and because otherwise it gets too personally intertwined you meet in it mm-hmm but there has to, I think in Christianity, it's called equally yoked. You have to be equally yoked. But we just made stuff up because we didn't know. And some stuff worked, some stuff didn't work. And so it's like, um, I made these mistakes so you don't have to. Uh-huh. And then I wrote the sutras, though, with enough space so that there's no prescription. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous to have, um, for me, like sort sort of like descriptive enough descriptions with levels, because then people are hitting them conceptually, but not hitting them experientially. 